What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Survivor Now podcast. My name is Randy. I am joined today by my co-analyst, Nina, and we are joined by the man who followed his alliance, uh, the middle-aged mafia, to infinity and beyond. Eden is here, the 13th castaway eliminated from Survivor Australia, Titans versus Rebels. Eden, I'm also a movie fanatic, and I'm I'm so mad that I butchered that. I was practicing that all day long <laughs> because like I was like, I have to do a movie quote. And so I we are so happy to have you here today, Eden. How are you doing? I'm doing so well, guys. So excited to be here and chat to you tonight. I could talk Survivor forever, so this is the perfect situation for me. Okay, and and Eden. Are you, did you not just celebrate your birthday? Tell, tell me about this. Cause I <laughs> saw this. On, yes. We need to start singing or something. Happy yeah. birthday. And thank so, you guys. There's not well, many people that can say that they get, they get to watch themselves get voted off on their 40th birthday. Well, we always start the, the episode asking that basically how you spent the night. How was it watching that moment back? And my heart almost broke. I was like, I don't know if I want to ask this today. So how was uh, last night watching that episode playback? Look, it was really tough. We had, I had, I had the folks around and my brothers around. We had the, the birthday um, party. Rach, my wife, made a lovely middle-aged mafia cake. Absolutely amazing. Um, and then, uh, and then we sat around. And yeah, look, it was, it was a wild ride. It was emotional. Um, I, yeah, I, I got pretty emotional when uh, GLP snuffed my torch. Um, it, it was, yeah, it, it was wild. But look, I had such a blast, and I'm so blessed. Like. You guys obviously know, like, I, I've been a fan for 23 years. I've watched it all the way since the very, very first episode. And so to get this opportunity to be, like, I auditioned for eight years straight, from 2016 all the way to now. Every single year I audition, I audition, I audition. So to, to see this culmination of this this journey of, of more than half my life, um, it was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. And I'm so blessed to just have that opportunity. That was actually going to be a question of mine because I saw you post on Instagram and I have some questions about what you said on that. Yes. You said you auditioned for eight years straight, considering that you're such a movie buff and you have this love for cinema. What was it about Survivor that not only got you to apply, but got you to never stop applying? I honestly, I remember so vividly that very first episode where Jeff is walking along the ship and he's basically talking about Tuggy and Bagong and everyone grabbing their stuff. And I was just like, wow, this is unlike any show I've seen before. This is a next next level thing. And the more I watched it, the more I realized I had so many good qualities that would relate to this game. Don't, don't help me so much in, in my broader career path, but would be so good in a game like this. Like, being being personable, getting on with people, being good with puzzles, being able to um to to deceive like people have like I've trained in acting. I did three years acting. Me and Sam Gash actually went to um, drama school together. <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy. Um, and so I've got that back, and I had all these things working. It was funny before Australian Survivor came back into Australian television. Um, I actually started to apply for the USA Green Card Lottery because I wanted a green card so I could apply for US Survivor. Oh and I thought Jeff, Jeff would love that story. They'd be like, yeah, this guy is like immigrating to play this game. Like crazy. Um, and then when it came back, I just, I kept going. And I had this feeling like the first year I got really far. I got right near the end. And then I, I got cut at the last minute. And then I never got a call back again. But I just had this feeling that like I was going to get on at some point. I was, it was going to happen. And so I just never gave up. And it, to all the super fans out there who'd be like, oh, yeah, like I applied and I didn't get on. You never give up. And tr like dreams come come true. And that was that was one of the wild things out there. 
out there on the island and when I got back home and we were watching it, the feedback that I was getting was it was so amazing watching someone live out their dream on live television. Like I was, they were literally seeing someone live their dream. And so I couldn't stop smiling while I was out there. It was so amazing. It was really cool. That's awesome. That is incredible. And and that's something that, that I can connect to, you know, someone who continues to try to get on the show. And, and Eden, let me just say, someone who I'm into acting, I'm into movies. I've got so many questions to ask you and I've got some fun questions at the end, but we have to talk about last night's episode, obviously. Yes. Um, yep. So, Last night, we saw a very, very intriguing, exciting tribal council that unfortunately ended with you going home. And I've got a couple questions here to ask you about that tribal council. So first off, your target yesterday was Raymond. And this was a theme of the episode when everyone kept saying, you know, we want to make these big moves. And you're like, it doesn't make sense in terms of a survivor shield. Why get rid of these big players? when they are the targets right now. Let's go after someone like Raymond. So can you walk us through why you were so focused on Raymond rather than someone like a Ferris, Kirby, or, or even Eileen in the sense? Yeah, great. So there was a couple of things there. Um, basically, first of all, we'd known from previous experience that Ferris was very reluctant to use an idol at anyone else. Eileen told him to play it for Garrick, which was the right call, and he didn't do it. So I knew that there was a high chance that Ferris would be too paranoid and too worried to actually play his idol for someone else. Um, also, Raymond had just always done anything Ferris said. They were a pair. They were never going to be broken up. They were never going to vote against each other. So I couldn't sort of swing Ferris around. Eileen, I actually had a, a little bit of a relationship with Eileen. We were cuddle buddies in the shelter and we having a bit of a chat. So I actually wanted to keep Eileen in, in, in for a bit longer. But the other thing that was really interesting was the fact that Ferris and Kirby straight away at Merge did not target each other basically put my little survivor head like sense going. I was like, well, hang on. In a usual situation, if the Cold War was still happening, they would be, Ferris would be, hey guys, you've got to help us take out Kirby. She's a big threat or vice versa. I got the sense that they had a frenemy sort of relationship and they were wanting to keep each other in the game and they were not going to go after it. So putting one of their names out, I honestly didn't think they would bite at that point in the game. I thought that there was a rebel strong under the surface that they were hiding. And ultimately, that's what led me to think, okay, we need to do something now. We need to get these Titans back on board. Because the group that formed, right, in the winner vote, was there was Ferris, there was Eileen, there was Ray, there was Alex, then there was me, Caroline, and Kitty. So, mm. look, if, we know, if we've learned anything from Brad Culpepper, it's three into seven doesn't doesn't work mathematically wise. We were we were in a minority in that sense. Um, the other thing that tipped me off in that vote, I was actually miss. I was saying, look, I think Valeria should be the target. She's just won the balance challenge. She's she's really good. She's she's getting on with like Mark. She's got connections there. Um, so I actually wanted to get rid of her. Ray and Ferris were the ones saying, no, nah, it's a winner. It's definitely a winner. We're going to do a winner. And it was at that point that I realized I didn't have enough agency in this group. I didn't have enough pull to actually get done what I wanted to do. And at that point, I I didn't really trust Ferris. I thought that Ferris was going to do his own thing and that eventually the Rebel Strong was going to take over and he was going to drop like me. I was probably going to get blindsided. I could have just sat on my hands, definitely. But what fun is that? What fun is just getting a, a, lot, a, few, <laughs> a few more episodes and then getting blindsided when you don't make a move early enough? So very much so, I was like, you know what? I don't have enough agency. I need to create something new. So pulling all the guys together and look it was a herculean effort but i'd spent so much of the game 
keeping Caroline and Mark sort of at odds with each other? Because I always wanted to be the person in the middle. I always wanted to be the person that Mark was coming to, that Caroline and Kitty were coming to. So I could sort of control, sort of control those relationships. I spent a lot of my game telling Caroline, look, don't go for Mark yet. Because me and Mark, I wanted to keep Mark in the game. They were all great shields. Was he your number one ally? Not to interrupt. Uh, no, I think Mark and me had an understanding we were never going to vote for each other. The Invisible Hand was strong the whole way through. And there was a dream of me and him going mono a mono in the final Tribal Council in one of the greatest final Tribal Council-like battles of all time. That was the dream that we talked about. And Mark was confident enough to think that he could beat me in the end. And I was confident enough to know that I would beat him in the end. And that's the perfect situation because you both people wanting to taste each other because we both think we could beat each other. And I think that would have been awesome. But me and Kitty, interestingly enough, I formed this super tight relationship with Kitty um, at this point in the game. And she was never going to lie to me and she was never going to vote me out. She was actually, me and her were going to probably go further than, than her and Caroline. Um, and we were we were that tight. The, the, the downside to Kitty is I knew she would be super honest and never lie to me. I also didn't quite understand how she couldn't lie to other people. Oh my <laughs> and that God, ultimately, I was watching the episode. Yeah. Like, this is so obvious. Yeah, ultimately, that's sort of what, like, it was very it was very obvious that the girls were struggling with the decision. And look, granted, it, it wasn't sort of probably in their best interests, but it, it was definitely my best interest to do. Um, so it did take a bit more convincing. And because of that convincing and because of that, like, it, like Kitty found it really hard to lie. She did such a good job, but it was like Ferris's radar went up and things sort of fell how they, how they fell after that point. But... That was sort of my thinking going to that situation. And after that, get rid of Ray. Ferris doesn't have anyone else. I've got an okay relationship with Eileen. Eileen's probably not going to sit in the sinking ship with Ferris. Mm. Um, Ferris is then isolated. Then it becomes a battle of the idols and flushing the idols. So then I was going to shift focus to Alex and Ferris's idol. How are we going to play that? Who's going to be the split vote? Things like that. And so there's definitely a way forward where the Titans could then we could start killing each other after we got rid of a few more of the rebels. Then I'd sort of go to Re, try and get her back on board. Then we'd probably target a, a, a Jaden or, or a Valeria and things. So I had a bit of a plan moving forward, but ultimately, um, yeah, never never sort of got to that point. But there was method to my madness. <laughs> I want to kind of touch because you did say about your relationship with Mark. And after he won the car, you said that it was a huge mistake for him to take Kitty, Caroline and Valeria. Was that because what you just said about you wanting to stay that middleman and they can then forge a relationship or was it more yeah. than that? When I, when I said that, it was a huge mistake. It was a huge detriment to me, really, because it, I spent so long being that middleman, and then this was the first opportunity where they could all get together, and I was completely left out of that conversation. So I sort of had my hands tied. Um, and so for me, look, that was hard. I think for Mark's game, it was good to rebuild bridges and stuff like that, and that, that's what you do. You take people. You don't just take all your allies because that doesn't really help you. You need someone back at camp. Mark knew that I was pragmatic enough and logical enough to know that. So back at camp, I could be the eyes and ears of the group knowing what's going on. Um, so I, I, I get it. From his point of view, it was fine. From my point of view, I was like, no, you're making a mistake. <laughs> well, also with all that food, just the opportunity to go and have a nice Australian barbecue like that had to be difficult in itself. And at that tribal council last night, when did it hit you that, oh my gosh, I think I'm the one who's going home. And then the second part of this question is, it was obviously shocking after the votes tied that it didn't tie again. And obviously someone flipped their vote. Who did you think at the time was the one who flipped their vote when you were kind of running your brain around what just happened? 
so there, there, there's a couple of things there. So first of all, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> so first of all, in the actual vote, logically, if you look at going into a six on six vote, in a logical situation, it actually doesn't make sense to vote me out in that regard. What it does, you want to put your vote on someone who everyone's going to flip on. So in that situation, you actually want to put your vote on Caroline or even Valeria, because you know those two are never going to rocks in a million mm -hmm. years from yep. each other. That is never going to happen. So the understanding is it is super, super risky to put their votes on me because I've got great relationships with everyone. No one, no, like no one would have seen Jaden's flip coming. No one was thinking, oh, Jaden's Jaden's going to turn on Eden. This is great. This is perfect. No one saw that coming. It was honestly, it, it didn't make sense in my head. So I was like, well, if worst comes to worst, like it's going to be on probably Caroline or, or, or Valeria, probably the guys are going to flip on him. I'm going to live to fight another day. I'm going to regroup and see what else I can do in that regard. Probably go back to Kirby and, and things like that and build something there. So from my game bot logic like standpoint, I was like, well, this, this is fine. So then when my name was coming up, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then I thought, well, hang on. This is all, this is such an amazing opportunity to go to rocks. This is the first time in Australian survivor history that I'm like, oh, hang on. This is, this is millennial versus Gen S. This is final 12, six on six going to rocks. This is your survivor fandom. is like going crazy. <laughs> over. And then I'm like, and then, and then ultimately I'm safe in that situation. Me and Ray get through. And I'm like, this yep. is great. I knew, I knew, Kitty and Caroline, they were going to back me in this one. They'd gone all in. This is great. Mark, I knew, was going to back me. Um, Valeria was going to do what Mark had. And I thought that, like, Jaden, because, again, think about this. Jaden had immunity. Jaden wouldn't have had to have pulled rocks. There's no incentive for him not to go to rocks at that point for someone that is like, oh, I'm just here to have fun and do whatever. And so I'm like, this is happening. We Like, we're going to rocks. This is going to catapult this season into the stratosphere of, like, seasons with this tribal council. I was like, this is wild. And then... Jaden ends up flipping, and which is, again, another weird one. It's not like he had a like a big plan to be like, okay, I'm going to go over to Ferris. I'm going to say this. I'm going to do this. He voted with us the first round. He was on board with the plan. He was going to do what was going to do. <laughs> and it's just because he saw an opportunity to make his one vote sort of make a change, and he decided to do it. And it's, it's ironic that it was really Ferris and Ray that were pushing the winner vote out, and I was actually trying to get rid of Valeria. Um, so that, again, is just a... Just another delicious layer of irony. It was, it was like the it was like the Padawan taking out the Jedi Master from what we saw the entire episode. How you're like, come under my wing. I'm going to show you how to play Survivor. And then he ends up voting you out. He ended up Mate, voting out the Master. It, it's the rule of the Sith. The, the, the Apprentice <laughs> always kills the Master. This is what happens in Star Wars. And it's exactly what happened to me out there. And yeah, I, I, I had created Frankenstein's monster. I taught him too well. And it, look, it... It, it was funny because the whole way through, I wanted to play with people that knew the game. From the very first vote with, with Frankie, I was like, I don't want these this meathead, like meat tray alliance. I want to play my own game. I, I, yeah, I, I want to be there. I want to be there. And I, I want to play with players that know the game because I can anticipate their motivations. I can figure them out. And I think doing that, and it was ironic, again, I manifested being taken out by someone that wasn't a student of the game that didn't know it was happening and that was one of those people that was just there to be like oh whatever and that's exactly who i got taken out by in the end which is crazy i did did enough work to get rid of the majority of them but um it just didn't, <laughs> it just didn't fall into place it's crazy and considering your love for the game and again to your instagram post you did practice you did puzzles you did oh. 
a bunch of stuff. Is there anything, mm -hmm. I kind of had two sides to this question that one, you wish you did prep for. And then two, actually being on the Island that you're like, man, as such a fan of the show, I thought this wasn't going to be that difficult and it is, or this is super easy. You know, those kind of feelings like yeah. you didn't expect certain aspects to influence you or be as challenging or not challenging as they were. Yeah, great question. So in terms of practice-wise, I've 3D printed puzzles. Rachel's made me giant puzzles for um, for my birthday. Um, we Rachel actually told me she was pregnant by a Survivor puzzle of Word 1. So she made it and I got home for work and she's like, oh, I made this puzzle because you've been down a bit. Do you want to do it? It's like a Survivor block Word puzzle and I'm putting it all together and it says, are you ready to be a dad? And I was oh like, my and I, God. Around, I literally and just she, got goosebumps. That was so sweet. She had the the the, the pregnancy, pregnancy. Mm -hmm. and it was just like yeah, so pretty wild, pretty wild stuff. And and I'd done like sandbag throwing, balancing, um, balancing up the high stuff. I'd done um, diving like challenges. I'd been prepping for this for like twenty three years. It was crazy. So that was good. But like, look, there's another little interesting thing that I'll let you know. I was actually I didn't actually get onto the show until the very very last minute. I was again told no, and I was cut. And then the very last minute, I got a call on Friday and they said, someone's dropped out. Are you still able to, to maybe go? I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're, we're, I'll, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. And this is Friday night. I get the call back. You go into Samoa. I'm like, oh, my God. And we lose, them, lose the plot. Like, Did do you I share tears? Did you no, shed any I, tears? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Naturally. And, I, and then I'm saying to them, okay, when, when do we leave? When do we leave? And they go, Monday. So this is on Friday night, and I leave Monday morning. And you're calling like, work like, hey. Hey, I, you know how I've been working there for 21 years and I have all this long service leave? Well, I'm taking it in two days. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. And see, at least you have that. In the States, it's like, uh, oh, I really? guys, Yeah, yes, yes. I know. That's... It's wild. So for me, like, coming in last minute, like, I would have done, I would have done a lot of, like, physical, more physical prep probably for me. Like, I didn't, a lot of, you see a lot of the guys, like, no, no offense to Mark, but Mark put on a, a good amount of weight to start. You see what Mark's like now. He's slimmed down a lot. So yep. a lot of the guys had managed to bulk up a bit. And like a lot of the, the past seasons, um, they, they sort of say, like, do a bit. And I'm not a big guy anyway. So that was something that I sort of missed out on um, that I didn't have. It was a whirlwind two days to, to pull everything together to get out there. Um, that was probably the physical side of it was, was probably tough. Everything out there is heavier and bigger than you think. But I tell you what, my... A lot of it is mind over matter. Like that that one where like that's not my challenge holding up a giant barrel of water for a bloody like, You an killed hour. it though. You did really well and with that. So that was just my that was like don't be the first one out. Don't be the first one out. Yes. Don't don't be the first guy out. Don't be the first guy out. It was just making little goals and just trying to sort of like just beat myself. Um then when I got out there, I, I felt like from a strategy wise, I knew I was just gonna be able to make connections with people. That was I was like, that's the number one goal. That's great. What I found harder was the understanding that everyone is everywhere at all the time. And it was really hard. I thought that I would be able to have like little secret little conversations with people and have, have a few more things under the radar and stuff like that. But no, literally you're in camp. People know where you are. People go, Eden's, Eden's off talking to Kitty. They're just saying something. This person's up there. And that was surprise. That was one thing as a fan coming out there. I thought I could play a lot more sort of subtly in those sort of connections, but no, you when like that scramble happens the scramble happens yes. 
and oh. everyone is you come back from that losing that immunity and everyone is everywhere everyone sees everything like i'm trying to hide my mouth with my water bottle like all this sort of stuff like it's that was that was probably a big uh, a big thing to your point name that i was like as a fan a lot of the other stuff i knew a lot of the other stuff i was prepared for and be like i sort of understand what's going to happen out there because there were people that were you, you have people that are like oh when, when do we go to the hotel <laughs> like <at night. laughs> when, when do we like when do we get food i'm like no 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 it's if we can't light a fire we don't eat rice like mm -hmm. we didn't eat for the first couple of days because we couldn't make fire we just, we just couldn't eat that could have explained why the titans were struggling early on in the game not gonna uh -huh. lie a hundred percent hundred percent and and plus i got like no rewards out there it was at, we got the canned bloody survivor gods having a joke at us again we got canned food like outrageous um and some of the rebels they got so many rewards they're, yeah. they're putting on weight over there and we are literally starving it was yeah that was tough that was tough as well yeah definitely. I, I don't eat a lot but it was yeah tough. yeah different different tribe dynamics and i have a few very very quick questions for you here eden before we unfortunately have to let you go so these are going to have to be kind of rapid fire because we have the questions that we yeah. always ask so i'm going to ask got about four or five quick questions here give give us a quick response okay favorite survivor player all time all time, Rob C. Oh, okay, classic. I love, I love, I love such a look. Penner's up there as well. I love Jonathan Penner. Like, yeah, yeah, I love some of the the old school classic guys that I grew up with. Favorite Survivor moment of all time. Oh, this, oh, dude, you're killing me. It's killing me, making me pick one. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I oh. know you're a Survivor fan. Oh God, you know what? I'm gonna say the the like. I love. Oh, Man, this is really hard. But I, for the, I'm going to say I love coach. Anything to do with coach, I love coach. And mm -hmm. I'm going to say I love ruffle feathers. You can't ruffle feathers. You rustle feathers. That is the <laughs> argument between Tyson and Hayden Moss from uh, like those funny moments for me. I absolutely love all those funny funny moments. But there's and so many. I'll have to send you an email. <laughs> yes, please. We will post them if you send us. Yeah. I'll post it. Eden's favorite Survivor moments. Don't. I seriously will. And then uh, the last uh, like fun little question, I've been looking forward to asking you th this all day, and that is if for whatever reason they made a movie based on your season, who would play Eden in the in the movie? I Look, he's hot right now. It would have to be Timothy Chalamet. It has Ooh. to be. He's, he's hot right now. He's on June 2. He's got, he's got my hair. He's got, he's got my chiseled good looks. Like not, uh, yeah, not yeah. Matthew Lillard. Because oh I do not that came up a lot. <laughs> I know, I know. I see who's Matthew like... Lillard. You don't know. So, I probably so know him, but I'm not. Probably knew Scooby Doo. He played in the Scooby Doo movie. Oh, oh, and from and from Scream, Scream. Yes. And yes. most most recently, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. And then oh, even, there's a huge movie coming out tomorrow. I know, I know we're about to wrap up on the Survivor stuff, but there's a huge movie coming out tomorrow. They're saying it's like the best sci-fi movie ever. Dune 2. Oh, yeah. Are yes. you going to see it? Of course I'm going to see it, my friend. I work at a cinema. I've, I'm, I'm seeing every single film that I can get. I've got a young baby, 17-month baby, so it's a bit harder now. But movies are my life, and I'm so pumped for Dune 2. I absolutely love Dune 2. The, um, Denver Villeneuve is an amazing director. And yeah. Oh, guys, I just want to watch some movies and talk about this. <laughs> no, we, yeah, we definitely could. Eden, we always like to end these podcasts with um, a question that 
it's honestly my favorite question to ask the castaways because there's so much more you know this more than anyone there's so much more that goes into survivor than just the game itself memories that are going to last a lifetime friendships that you're going to have forever so what are you taking away from this experience for you live going out there living your dream getting the chance to do to do that and i don't even need to ask this but i'll go ahead and ask it would you go out and play again if they gave you the call mate my phone is is ready and waiting from jlp's call like it's uh, i i feel like i've got unfinished business there is always room for a sequel and i think just missing out on the jury i just i just feel like there's uh, there's uh, uh, there's uh, there's things that i still really want to do i want to win that immunity i want to find a hidden immunity idol I, I don't quite think my survivor story is, is finished at this point i think taking away from the game i've like i've i've realized the inner strength that you need to have to to, to back yourself and support yourself how to navigate really difficult situations with just pure, pure willpower and, and, and mind over matter. I'm not the biggest physical guy, but you can see out there, I was coming like top four in a lot of those individual challenges and I was pulling my weight and I was really proud, proud of that. But just making connections and it just reaffirmed how much I love people and I love um, interacting with people and entertaining people. Like I, I love playing charades out there with the guys. I, I loved trying to play really hard. I love doing my movie quotes. That's just who I am. And so being able to entertain people, it's just reaffirmed what I really love to do in my life. And yeah, that, that that's the biggest thing that I'm going to take away from it. Nina, anything else to add on before we log off here? The, the only thing I want to add is just a comment when Scott went home and you said your spiel oh. that kind of showed on, you know, production <laughs> included. I really just like the fact that you said, that he knew what he needed and said it, you know, put it out there for you guys. The fact that you made that comment and acknowledged it, I really loved. So I just want to say that. Thank you so much. Dude. And that was, that was such an emotional tribal council. And it was something that you, you don't often get people brave or strong enough that can actually say, you know what, I'm actually really struggling and I know my limits and I know what I need and this is what I need. And he's a big fan. He's a huge fan of the show. So to make that decision, my heart was like breaking for him at that point. And I think being supportive and showing, especially like mental health is really important. Men's mental health is so stigmatized. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was so an amazing moment to share. And I think the whole show really dealt with that in such an amazing way. And yeah, I'm getting emotional now. Just That was such a beautiful yeah. way to end what has yeah. been an incredible talk with you to, today, Eden. This has been yeah. absolutely an honor and a pleasure for us to have you on here. And let, I know you're going to be back because you have an open invite to come on the show, Chat Survivor US, Chat Survivor AU. We would love, love to have you back on here. Man. Oh, guys, I could not wait to Chat Survivor all day with you again. Absolutely loved it. You guys are the best. So much fun. I cannot wait. Thank you, Eden. Have a great day, man.